welcome to From the Factory Floor, the Football Factory Podcast. I'm Stephen Carowitz, and tonight we discuss the imminent demise of one Arsene Wenger. And hey, Usmanov might be a killer, but come on, he can't be all that bad. And we join Stan Kroenke as he tries to pave America. So sit back, relax, and Fernando's brought us a little Henry Winter love. It's time for From the Factory Floor. <laughs> so, yeah. Um... Uh, joining me tonight um, from the New York Blues, <laughs> Fernando De Leon. Hello, Fernando. Hello. And, hello. And my football. Uh, ten points of hello. Ten <laughs> points of hello. From the NY Gooners, Barry Sherrington. Hello, Barry. You know, a few podcasts ago, years ago now, when we were doing a little bit badly, and I thought it was, it was a bad result at one point. I said, I think I said. Something along the lines of Arsenal. Don't talk to me about Arsenal. All the talent in the world and all they can do is serve up that shit. Well, I was wrong. Yeah. This is that shit. Yeah. It's, um... You know, normally in a, on a situation like this, I actually like to save the big story for a little bit, but, I, I mean, we're not really going to talk about very much else. Where do we begin? The good guy here is a surly little pain in the ass who is just throwing a strop and wants to get home to his two golden retrievers. Um, we have the immensely talented Mesut Ozil who refuses to show his talent. Um, we have a manager who is the closest thing to Sean Spicer. He is the king of fake news. Um, he actually blamed the result today on the referee. Um, and yeah, he wants a bit of a backhander for that one. Uh, 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 yeah, uh, you know, a slap to the face for that one. It's, uh, if I was the referee, I'd be out with the gauntlet on that one. Just, I, I haven't seen the game actually. I, I've only read because I just, <laughs> um, I, I found out the result before I got home and got to watch it, <laughs> and. You know, but uh, we I have argue. read the reports, and it's just you, you just. I know it's a bit mystifying that he upgraded the thing and all that, but you know, still five-one again is just yeah, yeah, abject. It's um, it was a uh, oh by the way, uh, sorry, I was just gonna. So uh, Fernando posted on the um, on the Facebook page um, about the greatest loss in Champions League history. Well, we can't even be the best at being crap, Fernando. Celtic have actually had more goals scored against them by a particular team than because uh, that Barcelona has scored twenty-seven goals against them. So we don't even earn being crap. Yeah, well, we're I mean, not crappiest look. at being crap. Yeah, I mean, but uh, no, Guys, you know, uh, we are yeah, crap at being crappiest. <laughs> you know? Well, I, I'm reading the Guardian's uh, reaction piece from mm. about Wenger. And the quotes in here are just from, like, another planet, man. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, okay. that's your... Okay, so let's give him uh, this argument for, for this particular 5-1 result. What was the excuse for the first 5-1 result? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just like, you know, he had, he had a very good foil. Uh, instead of talking about his team tonight, he got to talk about the ref. Um, and so... Very Mourinho-esque uh, he, move. 
Yeah, and he sort of abruptly, I believe, ended his press conference without going into any details about what happened. I'm sorry, are we talking about CNN and the White House, or are we talking about football here? Could be both now. We're not sure anymore. (laughs) Um, But look, I mean... I'm I'm a little confused, because who's taking whose leaf out of whose book? I mean, who knows? But I think, think, you know, just from my point of view... um, the surprise isn't so much that they lost and they were embarrassed because, you know, uh, there's degrees of embarrassment, right? And so Arsenal has sort of uh, managed to uh, see how big that table is now, uh, or this, they've expanded the scale, so to speak. Um, but it's the fact that, uh, that anyone should be surprised that this happened because my point for the last three years um, has been that Arsenal have accepted this kind of performance, um, and they've accepted their role in Europe and in the Premier League, and that is also Rands in pretty much every competition they're meaningful competition that they're in um, because they keep qualifying the Arsenal for the hierarchy. Chance. Let's put it that way: the h- Arsenal hierarchy, right. the club. Exactly. Um, can, uh, I just sorry, I need to interrupt. I need to interrupt. Jason Becker is here from the New York Foxes, so everybody say hi, Jason. Hi, Jason. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry I'm late. I just want to. Uh, you watching sure highlights, Barry, aren't you? Does, does Barry know the score? I don't want to have to get to this time again. Uh, no, I I know the score. Here's the irony. I won't, I won't bring it up. Here's the irony. Arson Arson's got a contract sitting waiting for him to sign. He could sign a contract. Yeah, I mean, but you know, again, I, I just think uh, because Dan Kroenke is running things, the his portfolio here in the United States for the teams that he owns, uh, they don't win. They're yeah. just there to add value to his personal wealth, and that's what he's doing with Arsenal. Except, well, they're businesses. Except, yeah, they're businesses. Right. Except Arsenal. They're not sports actually, clubs. Right. Arsenal actually makes him money. Um, and the the Rams in L.A. are in position to also make him money. But the other teams that he owns, those are just there because, hey, look, I own this thing. But Arsenal is something where he can actually receive money from. And as long as they're still qualifying for the Champions League, Arsenal as a football club don't need to do anything drastic. But if they fail to do that this year, I don't really see how they can navigate telling their supporters, telling you guys – that we're going to keep these players and Wenger's going to stay, everything's going to be fine. I don't really see how anyone would believe them if they said that. Here's the problem. Let's go through. I want to go through every player in this team and do the um, and do the would they make the Chelsea squad um, with, with all the players. <laughs> well, no, no. You've got to, if, as you do that, what you've got to, here's the thing. On current form, Okay, there's always been a caveat with this, or there should be. On current form, would they get into this team? On their top form, would they get into the team? Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, there's um, two different two different standards to be applied, and and on current form, most of them wouldn't. But we know on top form, a lot of them would, or a lot uh, of them would be purchases. No, I actually uh, Fernando, let's go through it because I actually agree with Barry. I actually, I'm not saying starters, but I think a lot of these guys would would make the Chelsea would squad. Would get into the squad. 
Yeah, oh, yeah, but well, you, you definitely know, you wouldn't turn your nose up at a lot of them. Like for instance, let's just start at the Petter Czech, where you got Thibaut Courtois now. So I think that's pretty much no. Yeah, um, Koscielny. No, we don't need him. No. Again, Cahill's getting old. I disagree with you. I think I think Koscielny. Uh, forget about starters. Just we're just mm. talking. Make the roster. Just, uh, they're top just level. Make making the your your top twenty five. Right. Your registered twenty five players for the you know, team. For the... A, a, a guy who's going to come in for <laughs> yeah. a secondary match. Koscielny certainly makes your team. Certainly. He could play. For, I mean, if they are, right. I mean, he could play for us. But I I, I think the uh, the vast majority it's... of Arsenal's players could play for us. But I, yeah, I, I think it, the the more realistic thing to me is whether or not. Chelsea would actually buy them, and I think there's only three players that are that Chelsea would buy: Sanchez, Ozil, and uh, Czech. That's it. No, I, think every, I don't think. I think everybody else. No, I no think thanks. they would. I think they wouldn't take Czech mm-hmm. just because he's older. Okay, but, Mark, but like Mark Schwarzer was older than Czech when yeah. he was the backup keeper. So I mean, um, well, again, maybe they take him back. Okay, as backup keeper, but I think it'd be Sanchez. He'd take. I don't think they'd take Ozil. I, I don't think they would. I, again, I, I don't think he'd be a starter for us. But no. could he be uh, uh, in our squad? Yeah. Uh, of all but, the others, of all the others in the thing, the only other, the other one probably would be Hector Bellerin. Mm-hmm. There's one yeah. other. And, and you know what? Maybe Aaron Ramsey I would take. And there's one um, other. Santa Cazorla. Santa Cazorla. You know what? I, Forget the injuries. I, I'm not talking about the injuries. Hmm. But the type of player that he is. I, He's actually very much I, a Chelsea player. I, I don't rate him at all. I got to oh, be honest you're, with you. You're guys. insane. We're um, shit without him. We're so shit nah. without him. <laughs> I mean, well, it's the I start. Mean, it's the start of where this all comes from. Right, I mean, yes. right. I mean, he's. I know he's an important player for you guys, but I, I to me, I, I just don't think that. He... In terms of where Chelsea are, and they wouldn't need him. They've, they've no, because to they've got Fabregas. They got, you know. He represents the Juan Mata problem. He's not mm. athletic enough as a two-way player to start for us. That's why Juan Mata left, um, and that's why Cesc Fabregas wasn't starting for a long stretch because he's not that kind of player anymore to run back and forth for the whole game. But, um, I mean, look, I'm not saying he's a bad player. I just, to me, in my opinion, I, I wouldn't take him. I don't think he's, you know, um, on the level of some other players, but, um, you know, to, to look guys, I mean, I, I think the problem here is, is pretty much, sign- uh, sort of exemplified by Theo Walcott, Chamberlain, Danny Welbeck, these are guys with a lot of potential. And in the case of Walcott, he's never become the player I think all of you guys thought not he consistently. He's not, not consistently. Right. He's not a great player because he's never consistent. I think Welbeck is, to me, I think there's enough time on him now to say definitively he's never going to be a great striker. He, uh, The only reason he's probably still in the Premier League with Arsenal, he's young and he's English. That's it. Uh, the, his goal scoring record is not very good. But you know, ironically, um, he was fact, amazing. He's not even. Chamberlain was, and and there are a lot of matches like this where Chamberlain is the guy that you just go, "Damn, he was good today," and and everybody else. Well, yeah, no, you're right. But here, here's yeah. the funny thing. I, I, 
I was on Twitter and Henry Henry Winter who who oh, writes for Henry the Fuck Henry Winter. Uh... Fuck Henry Winter. Don't no. 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 Well, look, I'm just no Henry Winter. Henry Winter look, is not the said... source of of anything here other than uh, piles of of English bullshit. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, Henry Winter said. <laughs> well, he said this is the finest game he's seen Chamberlain play since 2012 against Milan. He's right. That's 5 years ago. He's right. Um, and so, I mean, I, I don't know, on YouTube, uh, you know, Barry and Steve, they, they would know better than, than me, whether that's accurate or not. But the fact that that's his reference for, for Chamberlain's great performance is a game from five years ago, which they lost. Um, you He's know, that, that to me just says more, well, okay, but, but take but that aside. Point is taken. His, I, point is, his point is taken. The, you know, I just think that those guys have not reached I don't think they're ever going to reach that level and Wenger keeps buying no, not these players. under not under Wenger yeah yeah not under Wenger that's the that's the problem right, right. now we have the, no the, the, consistency the, you know well I think if we if we're looking at the source of a lot of this is that when Wenger came in he was a he he got a team which was already they were mature They'd already had the discipline drilled into them, yeah. They had been, uh, you know, there was all the jokes about George Graham having a, a, a what was it, a sixty-yard stick that he used to superglue, you know, Keown, Adams, Bold, and Winterburn, uh, not Bold, uh, Dixon and Winterburn too, and they used to have to run up and down the the pit all glued together in a line, um, and then everyone keyed off that. That sort of discipline was built into the team at the time, and Wenger inherited that and built on from there. And he was able to gradually drop players in, you know, and that's why we got that first flush of success, well, big bloom of success, a lovely bloom of success up until 2004, 2005. And then after that... That's an excellent, that's an excellent point, Barry, because yeah. Wenger has never been able to rebuild... The defense no, since no, he's been no, since we've, we've been since that forever. class left. No, never. Right. Yeah. We've I mean, always had really... problems. We've been talking about this. I mean, this podcast has been going on for quite some number of years, and we've all known yeah. each other for a number of years. We've all been talking about mm-hmm. Arsenal for a long time having problems in you know yep. controlling central midfield and defense. Never, that that never. back four, but back four and the one in front has always been the conundrum. Never oh, we need another Vieira. Never replace Vieira. Never replace the center yeah. backs. And the irony is, we came closest. We came closest when we had Mertesacker and Kishelny, and then Monreal and Bellerin. The problem is, mm. Mertesacker went on a decline so rapidly, so rapidly, that, and then we, you know, we all kind of thought that uh, Mustafi would be the guy, but, you know, he's not. Well, the, the, if you look at the ages of these, so the, the, the ages of the players that he inherited, yeah. okay, was in their late 20s. Right. Most of them were already seasoned, right. and they'd, they'd been five, ten years in a system. Um, the, the latest players that we've got, you look at Mustafi's 24, I think it is. So he's still got, you know, a couple of years. He's he's come in and he said, I, I don't know what I'm doing tactically sometimes. Same with Xhaka. Xhaka's there. He said, when it was Munchen Gladbach, I know what the system is. Problem is, Wenger expects, you know, as he goes into the dressing room, we've heard the stories of him saying, well, guys, you know what you need to do. Yeah? 
he expects them as professionals. Now, maybe this is too much, you know, um, because as you get older, that gap back down to uh, their, them is, is growing. And he more and more expects them, well, you know, yeah, they're players, they must be okay, they're adults, yeah, they'll be all right, they'll, they'll learn, they'll know. Well, I, and I think the other thing of it is that there's no French core in the team right now. There's and no, I think there was a no really big... Well, yeah, but I think there was, you know, we're thinking about, you know, that period of Arsenal dominance. Mm. I mean, the core of it was French. And so uh, that certainly helped Wenger uh, with the with the squad. I mean, um, I, I, I mean, was the captain for I Christ disagree thing. with you. It wasn't, it wasn't necessarily a French core. There were... Eventually, it became an issue where the different nationalities, the guys were all splitting up. But you had a very you you had you had the Dutch contingent, you had the English contingent, and you had the that newer French contingent come in, and he actually melded it very nicely because he got the right players. Now we have a bunch of precious little snowflakes, who you know they the, the winning is not. Winning is not what they don't have now, which Chelsea seem to have at the moment, is you don't have players who you can identify as being Arsenal Mm -hmm. through and through. That's it. That's it. Okay. That's it. If you listen to Lee Dixon talking about when he came in, he came because Lee Dixon came in from Stoke, I believe, to Arsenal. Win, uh, um. Adams and Bold and that were still, you know, were already there and and then came in later on. But one of the things, <coughs> hang on, one of the things that he always talks about is being put up against the wall by his throat on the day before um, North London Derby, saying we're not going to lose to these buggers. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, I I, I agree with you, and the point I was trying to make was. The connections of French players with Wenger uh, made it easier for the players, for those French players, to explain to everyone else who maybe wasn't sure what they needed to do. And that's why Vieira was a good captain. He was able to hold all of that together. He was able to help Wenger do that. Right. Um, I don't think they have, clearly, they don't have those kinds of players right now. Um, I, I always go on about, I always go on about, with United, when I rip into United, that so and so is not a United player. So and so is not a United player. I don't. I can't identify a player at Arsenal right now. I think, who traditionally is an Ramsey to a certain extent. Um, ironically, Wilshire, um, uh, Chamberlain. Ironically, I think is. Um, he just hasn't performed at that level. But in terms of culture, you know. We, these are Wenger players. They're not Arsenal players, and there's a very it, it's very very different. And um, Jason, there's no heart and soul guy. This, yeah, Jason, uh, is it is it as bad as we're making it out to be? Um, I mean, you're you you no, know bad. You know bad, buddy. No, I mean <laughs> it says uh, it's Arsenal, man. So I, I, I don't think we're seeing. Uh, Something that's so out of the ordinary uh, right now. You're hanging around. I think it's going to be tough to, to finish in the top four. Uh, I think what happened in the Champions League was also uh, embarrassing. Uh, but it's sort of like when, when, when I think about Arsenal, I sort of think about 
the English national team in a way. Where I think they Arsenal is finishing where they should right now, just like England is, you know, shouldn't shouldn't win all these major tournaments that you know everyone thinks that they're they're going to go out and do. Um, if you look at just like the types of guys that they have in, just the every year, year over year, the injury problems that Arsenal has to do with. Um, and when I look up and down the lineup, other than Sanchez, I don't really see guys there that will just grab the game by the scruff of its neck and force something to, to happen. And if you look at that, you know, that Arsenal invincible side and, and, and those teams and how good they were, if you look up and down those lineups, those are guys that were just going to do whatever it took to to win, and it's just it's just I, I, I don't see anybody else. Is there anyone else besides Alexis who who do that? You can see doing that in a match. I can't. It's um you know I I would like to see if anybody disagrees with me. The quintessential Arsenal player of 2017 is Olivier Giroud. A at any other top flight club, he is a uh, he is a backup, um, and there's no question he's a backup. At Liverpool, he's a backup player, um, and we're the only team that's spent years trying to make him into a star. He's a very good backup. A I've always said he was a very good Plan B, but he was a Plan B. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. And the fact that we keep. And 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 I'm just as guilty as any other Arsenal fan, you know. Oh, we got to treat it. There are we are now a team of second bests at the international level. Um, other than really, I mean, the top. Like you, you guys are saying, like the top world class players that we have are, to, in my mind, are Bellerin, Koscielny, um Ozil, and uh, and Sanchez. And check, um, and that's it, and that's absolutely it. Everybody else is um, kind of, I mean, middle and, of the road. Yeah, you know, they're all internationals, but none of them are. Not too many of them are starting for their national team, if that makes sense. Um, I mean, I, I think the the crux of the argument is they're not bad players. No, they're just for for what Arsenal want to do, they're not good enough. No, that's it. Well, they could be good enough if I don't the manager so. balanced I don't. it out. I think if if the manager provided the drive to it and the right man management, it could be a different matter. But he isn't capable of doing that now. Yeah, no, he's lost uh, the locker room. They don't respond to him. They i got to just... be honest with you. I think if another manager came in here, over time, he get he's going to get rid of the majority of the team that's included right now. I have to be honest with that. Me, that uh, I, I just think that if a Mourinho came, if a Conte mm. came, they would look at the squad and they go, uh, we, "We need to bring in some more players because I don't think um, they're good enough to get you where you guys want to go." And I think a lot of these players have been here for a while. I mean, you talk about Chamberlain, you talk about. Walcott and now Giroud, he's been here for a little bit now. Mm. Um, they haven't gotten any better. Maybe Giroud has, but they haven't gotten any better. 
and Arsenal are, are the same. They've stayed the same. And this year, for the first time, it could cost you guys. And uh, Wenger has really played out this whole top four thing for a long, long time. He's able to get away with it. But there's too many good teams now at the top end of the table for that to be uh, a certainty. But I will say this. And this is the only silver so it's lining. The temp- it's, it's actually the Premier League's fault. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, the, sil- the silver lining here is every time Arsenal get dumped out of the Champions League, they find a way to qualify. Okay? Look at last year. Mm. Spurs were, gonna, were bound to battle Leicester for the title. What happened? Arsenal finishes second ahead of Spurs somehow. So uh, if you're, if I would say to you guys, Barry and Steve, Arsenal are going to somehow, if we stick to history, they will find a way to screw somebody out of a Champions League spot. Well, when, when FA Cup gets a Champions League spot, doesn't it? No, 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 the no Europa. That's Europa. I always get that. I always get yep. confused with that. Um, wh- okay, but now we have, a, you know, Arsenal fans always love to go on about our ownership and how much cleaner and purer it is. Even though we've kind of stopped in the last few years, but certainly where United are concerned or City, um, clearly we have the worst owner, um, other than probably Liverpool, where he's just as American, and just, but, but even more screamingly incompetent. Um, but we have an owner, as Fernando says, who literally is, are we getting, into, are we getting Champions League? We're good. And is, he's built, he, what we've done is built a team designed to get into the Champions League and stay there through the, through the round of 16. That's what that team is designed to do. It's not designed. You know, when Leicester came up and they said, we're going to the Champions League, they built a team to go to the Champions League and to go far through the Champions League, as crazy as it sounds. I mean, Chelsea is built to just win. Um, but we're built. To, we're purpose-built to fulfill the needs of the owner. And so when we fall short, we don't wind up in third or fourth. When we fall short, since fourth is our goal, well, we end up in fifth. And so we've got, on top of everything else, let's say Vanger goes, we've still got the same shit owner. Um... And we all reacted very negatively when Alisher Ushmanov bought, started buying shares. And I'm just starting to realize, yeah, he's a, a mobster. And yeah, he probably has had people killed. But on a purely Alleged. footballing... Alleged. Allegedly. But on a purely footballing basis, can't do any worse. Well, I mean, let's, let's not forget that Kroenke owns Walmart. So, I mean... No, 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 uh, no, 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 no. No, it's worse than that. It's worse than that. <laughs> He's married well, to... I mean, he, no, no, let me say it because understand, I want everybody listening to, to, to take in the evil that is Stan Kroenke. He's married to one of the key Waltons, one of the daughters. So You're right, you're right. But, but where does his money come from? It's not just the daughter's money, his wife's money. It, it's also that he is basically the construction guy for Walmart. He's the guy who builds Walmart's parking lots, and that has turned him into a multi-billionaire. He's, he builds their fucking parking lots. America's a big place. Yep, and he's going to pave all of it. 
Um, yeah, I mean, look, uh, your, your point on Kroenke, I think, is is correct. I mean, the American sports model is guaranteed money for the season, and then if you if your team makes it to the first round of the playoffs, that's pure profit. And I think that's exactly what's happening with Arsenal in the Champions League. When they get to the first knockout round, even though it's only one match, that's pure profit. Mm-hmm. And to to Arsenal, that's great. Oh, you only did it once? That's okay. That's okay. Don't worry. Uh, let's let's try to do it again next year. That's the sort of thing that, that infuriates me about Kroenke because that's all he's looking out for. He's not looking out for your team to win it all because that would mean spending those profits or having to use his own money to do that, and that's not what he's about. It's um, – yeah, I mean, again, say, say Vanger goes – Wenger is like, he's like a tumor. Um, he's like a cancer in in the body of Arsenal in the sense that he has intertwined himself into every piece of Arsenal so that re- removing him will, will be so difficult. And, you know, Dick Law is, is not the guy to, to do player deals no matter what how many player deals he's doing so who's going to come in and be and be the football and be the football brain that's a tough ask man because i think uh any new manager would need and probably demand reassurances about what they're going to spend i mean i i don't see how anyone would would not ask for that because uh that's what they need to do um I don't think any of the top line managers who are going to come here are, would not ask that question because, quite frankly, I think it, it behooves them to ask, to ask them that. I feel. All right, Jason Becker. I'm going to start with you. Um, replacement for Wenger. Uh, let's go down. I, I took some notes, um, and there are a couple of obvious candidates. And uh, here we go. Diego, just say yes or no, and. Diego Simeone. <laughs> I, I I would love that, but I don't think he's an Arsenal guy. So I'm going to say no. Does uh, Barry, Fernando, can we agree that Diego Simeone, I think he's great. I just don't think he's right for the club. I don't think he's right for the guys that are there. I just don't think he's right for us at all. I think, if anything, he's the next, um, he's the next Liverpool manager or actually even the next city manager. Well, I mean, uh, to be honest with you, the fact that you don't think he's right is exactly why he should be the manager. Yeah, that's the... Well, yeah, I guess. And, but, but... That's, not to, and that's not like a backhand. I'm talking about... You, I think you need know, someone they... to get, who, who kick, kick things up. You know? Exactly. That's what Arsenal needs right well, now. But, I'm, but, but, but I don't think the club, I don't think the club will back him. And, 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 then it's just, and then it's just lost time, time. And we just lose whatever time. I don't see the structure of the club being suitable for him. I when I say he's not an Arsenal guy, yeah, I'm. I understand where you're coming from. Well, there's no it's structure there. Us. There's no structure at the moment. I mean, you know, the, the the sad thing about all of this. I years ago I talked about remember about planning and you know all the rest of it because I was so frustrated with the way that they were doing the the transfers in the summer. And, and having a strategy and getting it done by this date, and then you get on, you've got the training, etc. The same lack of planning, and part of this is Wenger's fault, 
And part of this is the club's fault. Because the club had to recognise at some point, look, and, and say to Wenger, look, at some point you're going to be too bloody old. You're going to have a heart attack. You're going to drop dead. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. You're just not going to want to do it anymore. Or the results are not going to be there. But one way or the other, we have to prepare for the future. Either you should be preparing for the future or we will do it for you. But no one's strong enough at the club to do that. So that's the club's fault. But then it's also Wenger's fault, not recognising, you know, it, dying with your boots on, that sort of thing, you know, the last hurrah, charge of the light brigade, all that sort of stuff. It doesn't happen anymore. You know, if, you, if you're going to want to go off into the sunset, you've got to plan for it. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's estate planning for football, uh, for want of a better thing. You know, succession planning. It's what is supposed to happen in all good organizations. Um, what about the possibility? And I don't see it happening this way. But there's a certain logic to bringing Burkamp back and not putting him in charge of the, or let him bring him back and put him in charge of the academy. And then the second that Wenger goes, now you've got a football guy who can work with the manager. Clearly the manager's going to know he doesn't want his job. Um, he, uh, Burkamp did, like, did some nice work at Ajax. Um, he's worked with some people who are very talented. Um, Mark Overmars has turned out to be very astute. Um, um, what's his name? The, the, oh, God. Um... Is it the DeBoer brother that's not the bad manager? Anyway, um, but <laughs> it's... Um, Frank? Is Frank? Or uh, Ro uh, Ronald DeBoer. Ronald DeBoer, uh, I think, is, is the one running Ajax. Um, yes. But, you know, and then, and then if, you bring in a, if you bring in a Ronald Koeman, who seems to be uh, also... I mean, look, there are... You got... Simeone's not, Simeone's not the guy. Eddie Howe is not the guy. Um, so it basically leaves you. Um, um, they were talking about Roger Schmidt, but he just got axed from Leverkusen, which of course makes him a very appeal. I'm sure very appealing to Arsenal. You know, um, let's take a, let's take a has been. But logic tells you that it's going to be Kuman, Max Allegri, or Thomas Tuchel from 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 Borussia Dortmund. Um, any one of them. Okay, maybe not Allegri, but Tuchel and Kuman. You bring them in with a, a kind of a loose structure with a with a football guy like like Burkamp or somebody else, maybe that works, and maybe that kind of gets the team. No, I don't think it's going. The the problem is that no one at Arsenal once Wenger goes, no one at Arsenal has a vision. Let's contrast it with Leicester at the moment. Leicester are doing really well, the in these last two games, and what we're suffering must be having brushed close to the relegation zone. This must be like, this must be a, almost a case of first world problems, Barry and Stephen. You know, I, I I used the same exact line on you guys last year. <laughs> you know, when when you when you're, all, the year before. you're worrying about fourth place or whatever, and and you know you've got forty ish points or whatever, you, you're safe for another year. Um, but uh, it, it's, you know, the the the, the thing that. It holds true at Leicester through, if you look at all the managers, is someone is there holding the reins as far as the club direction is concerned at the owner level. Yeah, and that, that's been um, pretty consistent. They, they, there has been a vision 
there, uh, and, and there is ambition. Now, there was a bit of a setback this season, but, you know, once... Uh, but even once, then, it was a shared vision, because they actually, you know, with, with Ranieri and with Shakespeare now, they're saying rival is the only thing we're expecting this year. Right, but they. This is all when you when you hear the way the owners speak and Rennie and and Pearson before him. This is a project. They always talk about the Leicester project and and what they're trying to do. You know, to 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 establish themselves as a Premier League club. And but these owners do eventually want consistent success, and um, that is something that really. Uh, they they consistently uh, talk about behind closed doors there right. at the club, but that was also what happened. At, you know, and I reason I brought this up at first is because obviously we've heard a lot of uh, you know uh, Fernando. So, but Fernando at the, can confirm this at Chelsea. There was also when when uh, what's his face came in took over from Ken Bates in the nineties. The whole thing there again was. You know, Chelsea, first of all, established yourself from being a, a bit of a yo-yo-ish club going up and down from mid-table to, you know, flirting with the top four and then back down again, being a solid powerhouse. Yeah. And then going from there, it's, it's maintaining that. And he's always had that vision. Um, you know, there doesn't seem to be much more than, oh, well, we'll get fourth place. There's nothing said from the, you know... The, the hierarchy, the man actually in charge, the owners of Leicester, the people in charge have spoken outwardly about it. You know, the, there's no guidance or leadership apart from Wenger at Arsenal. And so when Wenger goes, whenever it is, I imagine it'll be, you know, within the next, what is it, four months rather than two more years I imagine if it isn't it'll be quite oh, it'll be tedious to say the least but but the, 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 there's no other than him there's no one at the club actually saying and helping to drive that message right now I Barry what's at this point what is the best case scenario from this moment on is it that Wenger announces that he's leaving at the end of the season that they start transition planning that they line up the next, you know... Uh, well, the best... We've already heard some of that, and you've touched on some of it. The From a, an outward perspective, the best we can hope for is that everyone... Wenger turns around and says, probably now, no, I'm going to leave at the end of the season. He did say, around about this time, he was going to tell, tell us what he was going to do. Yeah. So that's imminent. Um, and, and then they go on to win the FA Cup... And get fourth place. That's about the best we can hope for this year. And well, that would be a nice fanfare because we get the fourth place trophy, which we can allocate to ourselves. We can release a video as well as have a little parade with a trophy. Um, and he will go away as the most successful manager on the FA Cup scene, as well as making the club back to number one on its own in the FA Cup stakes. And that would either push the team on a bit and the club on a bit. Um, that's about the best we can hope for, I think. And the, the, the thing is, as fans, we have to realise all the bitching and carping and the wailing and wringing of hands doesn't do much with an ownership like we've got. Yeah, doesn't do an ownership. Most of the ownerships today don't give two 
two tosses what you think as a fan. I, I, I appreciate you not cursing because God knows, I mean, it's, if it's a quantity <laughs> thing, then, you know, we're close to the limit. Although, I think mm. personally, we... Um, Fernando, what's the best what's the best case scenario for Arsenal? Uh, I think it is um, to dramatically finish fourth um, and have Wenger go out that way. I, I honestly think either way, I think he's gone after the season. I but think, do you want? Do you, um, do you think he should announce that he's leaving now? You know, or or sometime well before the end of the season, or does it not matter at this point? Uh, I don't think it matters because I, I think he internally, you know, they, it, it wouldn't surprise me if if that decision is coming uh, soon. But they won't announce it publicly until the last day of the season because I don't think Finger is the kind of guy who wants that retirement tour, uh, you know, that he's going to get when he goes to other other stadiums. I don't think that's that's his kind of thing. So yeah, that's true. Uh, that's I don't think thing. I don't think he's going to say anything before the end of the season. Um, but I also think regardless of whether they win anything or finish in the top four, I think he's just going to go. I think he's had enough of everyone now yeah. uh, questioning uh, how he does things. Um, and, you know, if they don't qualify, it would be a sad, very sad way to to leave because uh, they finally got him. You know what I mean? But they, you know, I, I would love, to, I, I love the idea of him being part of picking his successor. Um, uh, I don't know how that's going to happen, but Jason, I'll throw it out to you. Best case scenario. No. Did I lose wow, you, Jason? Wow, silence. Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Oh, yeah, oh, there you go. Me. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it would just be, I, I don't know. I, I've been going back and forth about whether or not, if he is out by the end of the season, whether or not he should announce. I, I think that would be the best way to get the fans behind the guys again. I, I could see a lot of the Wenger out folks sort of just getting behind him and rallying behind him one last time, knowing knowing that he's going. Uh, it, did something like that work out so well for Man City last year? Not quite, but I would say... Fanger's a bit different. But I think best case scenario is, um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I almost, whether or not they finish fourth, I, I don't think that matters. Um, I, I think you it, the, the best thing that you can do is to, to uh, bring in a an, an owner and, uh, and and take a look at the scouting system also. If these, uh, if Krecky is not going to, to invest uh, in this club, then you bring in somebody that can sort of rebuild their scouting network so they can be uh, the club finding all this, those diamonds, you know, throughout the world and, and, and finding those players that are that are going gonna to fight for you um, and that you're not paying a lot of money for. But without that, you, you know, just buying certain, you know, sort of um, uh, effete names, I don't just don't, don't see how that's going to translate to any kind of success and, going to make anybody happy in the long term um i will say one thing i am avoiding like a like the plague arsenal fan tv because you know what for once it, that shit ain't funny anymore you know like i cannot bring myself to watch well that's just the rabid ones i mean he's you know it, oh, it's absolutely. the same with all of those all yeah. of those rants yeah. they're, they're not it's not 
Arsenal fan TV. It's Arsenal rant TV. Yeah. yeah. Well, I will say that the first, the first thing I'm doing when we get off this is <laughs> looking it up. Well, yeah, it's, it's amusing for everyone line, else. It is posted, by the way. Yeah, it's amusing for everyone. I mean, I used to do it when, when it was the Tottenham guys right. who have pop. But it's it's funny when it's not your team. Oh, these guys are just complete caricatures yes. of, yeah. of of even humans. So, yeah. But the, 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 those are the same people that, you know, that, that same stereotype or whatever pops up in each of our teams when they're doing badly. Um, so, I uh, think I, I cannot. Uh, we got about 15 minutes, so let's quickly whip through everybody. Uh, Fernando, 2-1 um, against West Ham. It wasn't even that close. It was it was um, what is becoming very uh, standard yeoman-like performances out of Conti's uh, Chelsea. They do the job. They do the work. They are never, uh, never, you know, profligate with the ball. But at the same time, eh, if we got two goals, that that'll do the trick. Um, you know, sorry, it's a cliche already. Got to be happy with what you saw, particularly heading into that FA Cup match against uh, United. Yes, um, you know, we it was just men against boys, really. Uh, West Ham were just really poor uh, on the night. Uh, we took care of business. Um, West Ham did us a favor by not showing up. And, uh, you know, with Ibrahimovic now being suspended, you know, I mm. thought we were going to win that match anyway. Yeah. Because it's at, it's at the bridge. But now that he's not there. Um, oh, he's, you know, he, he's just... actually suspended for the Chelsea match. He got the three game ban. Oh, he got his three, three game ban. He got his three game ban. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little more confident we're going to win that game. So. We might have to revise what we said last week like, about Man United because of that suspension. <clears throat> well, but well, that we'll was, see. But that's always been my point: is that you know Zlatan is the, he's the goal scorer. You know. Um, oh, and by the way, we do have to give uh, good luck on your new stadium. It looks like it looks beautiful. Um, <laughs> if they build it, yeah, sure. Five hundred billion pounds. Well, well, you've got all the authorities. You got lined everybody up in, lined you know, up. In, in your direction. I mean, talk about well, unity I mean, uh, of purpose. If they uh, if they build it in the timeline, they're going to say they build it. But that's you know that's a that's a long term project. You know, even if it's only five years or wherever it's going to be, that's a long time yeah. to wait to play somewhere else um, for for whomever. Um, uh, if you will live in Fulham, that's yeah, true. Thanks, Barry. <laughs> If you will play in Fulham, <laughs> maybe that's what you can do. You can buy because Fulham are doing so-so. Yeah, just well. you know, rent share, ground share with Fulham at Craven Cottage. What are yeah, you? Yeah, you know what I was thinking about. We should, we should ground share. Hey, are you going to London Stadium or or Wembley? I don't. I don't think they figured that out yet. Okay. Um, no, they haven't figured Tottenham it out. Because Tottenham are trying to do Wembley. I know Tottenham are doing Wembley. And well, it's not official yet. But they're, they're trying to do that, and I don't think Twickenham is a, is uh, an option anymore. And you know, you have to remember that also. Um, you know, uh, there's there's really no other area or stadium there in in London um, that's going to you know give them uh, a temporary home because mm-hmm. the the only other option is a ground share with another team. Yeah. And I don't think our Arsenal aren't going to help them. Um, Tottenham aren't going to help them assuming they, well, that, that uh, wouldn't actually logistical sense it. either. Cause it's completely the opposite side of the city. Right. Right. So, I mean, 
you know, you've I, got I, Fulham, I Queen's Park Rangers, Crystal Palace. That's about it around where you are. Right. Um, so, you know, the, the, yeah. the, I guess the most interesting option, which no one has discussed for, for a lot of reasons, uh, is a possible ground show with Millwall. Wouldn't that be great? What do you think, guys? All right, we're gonna end, we're gonna end that conversation there. Um, we gotta move through everybody else. We gotta move through everybody else. Spurs. Um, there's not much to talk about here. They kind of just roll along. Um, Al, who who was the the stupid goal celebration? I didn't see the match. The stupid goal celebration with Kane. That was, oh, more, of was, that was more of a crime. It was del- it was Al. Listen, we we've, we've seen there. that. It's just they've been doing different ones all the time. They've, you know. In between, they don't play golf most of them, so they're doing hand practices. Uh, how many, you know, how many times does that happen in an in NBA game? Oh, that's different. I'd say give the guys a break. Oh, I'm totally giving them a break. I'm, I'm just, I, I mean, I, I realize we've some... got. He's trying something desperately to just get the claw in slightly, just into that little chink of armor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> on the, slipped right off. Man City. Uh, don't want to talk about Man City. Um, Liverpool. Uh, everyone's rolling along. Um, Liverpool with that. Well, I don't know if I would describe Liverpool as rolling along. It's well, it's a. I would after beating us three <laughs> one. It's not such a smooth ride though for them. If you look, well, at, you yeah, know. yeah. Well, it's still yeah. rolling along. It's just going up and down a lot. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, when they're playing the top teams, I mean, that that's the that. interesting thing is they seem to get switched on for the yeah. top teams. Um, well, but, and that, um, speaking of Leicester City, um, you're comfortably out of the drop zone now. It looks like Shakespeare is going to be, uh, named, um, or did they already offer him the job? Well, it it hasn't been formally announced, but everybody, the the players and the owners are in, um, in Dubai right now. And the reports are that the owners have offered Shakespeare the job for the rest of the season. And he'll be reevaluated in the reevaluated in the summer. Listen, you got a couple matches coming up that are eminently winnable. Um, You know, actually, I I wanted to ask uh, on on that note: Do you see him getting the job permanently, or do you see him becoming a number two again, keeping everything tied in with a figurehead manager? I think if he does, I think if he does the job well, uh, and and and, you know, especially can make something happen in the second leg against Sevilla. Uh, and and the, the signs are there uh, that the mm. players are, you know, believe in what he's doing um, and that, that he's winning matches. I could see him getting the job. Now, he's been around for a while. He was there with Pearson. Yes. And and so he's been with Leicester for, for years. The owners know him. The players all know him and like him. Um, I, so if it seems like uh, he's turning things around and uh, feel good footballs back in in Leicester. I could see the owners uh, keeping him, even though they they do have that tendency to bring in a big name. You know, we've seen Sven uh, and certainly Ranieri, but between well, I was those two, the, the the whole thing that happened at Hull, remember with um, Mike Thielen? He was the glue for us some time in the background, keeping it all together. Gets yeah. promoted to the number one spot and. Well, I, I think uh, it's a bit different, though, with, with Leicester. Uh, there are more resources there at the club than mm. Hall have. Yeah. So, I mean, that was what was going on over there. It's, I, I don't know how much you can blame on him. 
but mm. certainly uh, Shakespeare will have a you know bigger war chest. He has a uh, owners that were that are investing in the club. Uh, they have a you know strong scouting network. There's a lot. He's got a lot more to work with institutionally than Phelan did. So um, I don't think it. Uh, I, is, are we going to win the league ever again? Probably not. But I, with Shakespeare as a manager, if he can do the job this year, we can be a respectable side in the Premier League. No problem. Mm-hmm. Um, Liverpool. Yeah, we've talked about Liverpool as much as I want to. Um, let's wrap up with United. Um, just when I get on board the United bandwagon, um, they go and they, ironically, after the, all this has gone on with Arsenal, Arsenal is still ahead of them on the, in the tables. This is a team that is built to draw. And um, and now Ibra's bad for three matches. That elbow was shocking. Shocking. I've watched it a dozen times. The stamp was the stamp was bad. The stamp was bad. Um, but ironically, I actually think the elbow was much worse. Am I wrong? Well, I mean, he his his act. He he made his body look like he he and he did do it. He meant to do it on purpose. Oh, and God, yeah. um, he caught. I mean, he caught. When it. you cock your 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 elbow like that. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> I mean, and he so, uh, thrown it. He thrown Mings to the ground already. I mean, like literally bodily thrown him to the ground. And- he's very lucky. He's very lucky that he didn't hurt him, and that he wasn't knocked unconscious in the air and fall on his head uh, when he came down, yeah. because that could have been a serious concussion where he would have had to have been rushed off the field. I mean, um, so he's very lucky in that respect. That it's only three matches well it's that whole you know and mings of course went to stamp on his head um i i i don't want to i don't want to it did look like it kind of could have been an accident oh it was definitely diego costa it was a did diego costa playbook oh yeah Uh, okay (laughs) But he, look, he didn't even get a good else. stamp on him. He kind of slid off the, yeah. side, the top of his head. Well, that's because he was yeah, doing the, the deflection. The, to the, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Costa, you know, he, Costa's had a little bit more practice at that. He, I think he's a more of a – and a bit of a natural. So things is much newer to that. He's only it's watching Costa on video. He's not really doing it, you know, practicing yeah. himself. Mings hasn't learned to uh, – uh, grunt in t- unintelligibly about in his defense either he's actually fast you know said yeah. oh we were just uh, having a bit of a rumble enjoyed it it was good contest <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly i mean it's unbelievable for for i wish i wish jason jason Slavsky were here because or actually i wish mark barry were here how do you defend a guy who says in all seriousness he jumped into my elbow i mean it's like I or actually, I guess you know what else is he going to say? But oh, that's pretty, that's pretty low. <laughs> it's like, um, yeah, but you know what? It, the weird thing is that we, you, how, how many times have we seen something like that not get punished? It happens all the time. Yeah, it's, and because that, Ibrahimovic is is that kind of player, he got caught. He well, because he's he also got, so uh, blatant. He's so blatant. Right. Exactly. Well, and it, it doesn't help when he's about six foot, whatever it is, and he's you know he, he's that much bigger, and uh, uh, his arms are that much bigger and more prominent than the average uh, striker. I mean, short of it being Steve, uh, what's his name, Crouch, yeah. Peter Crouch, you you couldn't get someone with more um, 
noticeable arms than that. I mean, and exactly. let's wrap up. Let's wrap up with the recognition that Kevin Friend had one of the worst matches, um, other than what's his name, who had an equally crap match. Um, but um, yeah, I think that's well, it. that's what happens when you go on a stag do for three days. That, yeah, I heard something about that. Did that, that was, was it happened? Yeah. So the yeah the the, the referees midweek went off on a stag do because um, Anthony Taylor's getting married or something, and of course the only people he can. Uh, associate himself with because of all the rules about the FA making them travel in pairs and so on. Other <laughs> well, I don't think it's all to do that, but the only friends he's got are other referees. And so uh, he took some of the referees. They all went on a little trip to Marbella. Wow. In yeah. the midweek. So, anyway, good luck to everybody. Thanks for coming on this week and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Barry. Thank you, Fernando. Thank you, Jason. Thank yeah. you, have fun, everyone.